Welcome to the Small Business Made Simple podcast where we believe in providing you with the tools you need to stand out to your customers, beat your competition, and grow your business. I'm your host, Sam Moss. Well, everybody, I hope you had a wonderful Mother's Day. I'm not sure if you got to really get out with all that's really going on right now, but either way, I sure hope you enjoyed it. Um, Shout out to my mom. Happy Mother's Day, mom. Uh, Got her some new flowers for the house, so typical Mother's Day gift, but you know, being that good son. So today on the podcast, we have a really cool guy. Um, His name is Dan Plata. Now, Dan, um, he owns his own business called Blue Skies Services. And uh, today on the podcast, he's going to talk about how to stay on top of your books, how to stay organized, how to pay yourself. That's a really good one. Um, And he also adds a ton of other great value, great stuff that he covers um, that you need to know as business owners. Now, you might not be doing your own books, um, whether you have a bookkeeper or someone on staff that does that, maybe an accountant or something. This is still a great podcast to listen to. He goes over things like, again, like I said, how much to pay yourself. A bookkeeper might not be able to give you that kind of value. So this guy just goes and dives right in. And even if numbers aren't your thing, he really makes it simple and really makes it easy. Some great stuff that you can implement in your business. So here's my talk with. Dan, thank you so much for joining me on Small Business Made Simple. It's great to have you here, my friend. Thanks for having me, Sam. Looking forward to an awesome conversation. Absolutely. Why don't you start by sharing a little bit about yourself and your business, Blue Sky Services. Sounds good. So Blue Skies um, started as just a window cleaning company back in 2011, and we we bought a pretty small window cleaning company in Minneapolis, Um, and uh, I'll spare all the nitty-gritty details of that, but... Uh, my business partner, Mike Dulkey, who I, I know you have already uh, interviewed on your show, Sam, he uh, he got us started in the window cleaning space and we said, okay, cool. We kind of figured out how to grow that thing. And then we had all these customers and we wanted to do more for them. So we got into interior home cleaning so that we can build on that relationship, do more things for our customers. And so we've, we've been um, in that operating space for a handful of years with different businesses in Minneapolis. Cleveland, Ohio, uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, and St. Louis, Missouri. And in the last couple of years, we started to build this admin business. And it's all under Blue Skies Services. And so we, we've kind of kept that name even for the administrative stuff that we do. But um, given that we had to build a lot of resources and figure out how to do different administrative things across all these businesses, we got pretty good at things. And we found a few things that scaled really well that we could do from anywhere. And those three things were bookkeeping, recruiting, and marketing. And so all of a sudden we had this administrative business and we only ever intended on doing it internally. Um, but as we built relationships with other people in the industry, we'd get requests or, you know, friends of ours would say, Hey, you guys must like a lot of people. Uh, you guys have home cleaning businesses. So can you hire some people for me, you know, in LA or Salt Lake city or wherever? And we'd say, you know, sure, we'll throw some ads together and hire. And, and same thing on the, the bookkeeping side of it. Um, Mike, would he, he mm-hmm. is in, invested in a few other window cleaning and, and other service businesses across the country. And when he'd go make that investment, he'd get a set of books and say, hey, Dan, you know, I want to I check this out. But can you help these guys with bookkeeping to, to make these numbers make sense? And so uh, as we went along, all of a sudden, all these relationships that we had started turning into administrative work that we could do, but we had no idea how to, you know, they'd say like, well, what do I owe you? 
and be like, well, maybe a couple cases or something. I don't know. <laughs> like we didn't have a good model for it. So, so we kind of realized that when you're doing work for somebody else and they want to pay you for it, it's called a business. And uh, so we started an administrative <laughs> service business, not just for our own teams. Um, we still do all these things for ourselves, but now we do a lot of that for other people in the industry too. And it's yeah. just a way for them to not go, you know, have to build an expertise, hire a full-time resource, or like, God forbid, they have to do it themselves. And you, know, you and I were talking about it earlier, but the, the one thing that entrepreneurs and small business owners don't have is time. There's, they're always out of time and I'm always out of time too. Um, and so for us, it's not about teaching them how to do something. You know, I think them having the knowledge is important, but our mm -hmm. standpoint was there's all these resources out there and there's all this, these, this coaching and these free things here and free things there. And it adds up to the entrepreneur having to do a lot and it requires their time. And that's the one thing they don't have is more time. And so we said, we're going to use our resources and our teams to do the work for them. Therefore, they're saving time, and then they get they get back that time, and they can go do something useful yeah. with it. Um, and so we're really adamant about doing doing the hard work. And actually, our the mission of our company is to do people's dirty work. And so we do that interior cleaning. We do people's dirty work. Exterior cleaning. We do people's dirty work. And on our admin business, we have that same mm -hmm. mentality of like we want to do the stuff for small business owners that's not fun um and gross and takes a lot of time and we're gonna help them with that yeah so for those of you who list, are listening right now there's three reasons there's three different reasons why you could be here so the first one is um these podcasts we record a little bit ahead of time and everyone is currently quarantined to their home so you either stumbled upon this podcast because you're really bored or two you're like a numbers person like me and dan and you're like really excited about this or three you're a business owner and your books are a mess, but you know you have to be here and you're dreading it. But Dan is going to dive right in and teach you exactly how you can do it without being overwhelmed. So Dan, why don't you start with that and uh, share with us how we can, some tips and then some ideas on how we can stay on top of our books as business owners um, without getting overwhelmed and you know how to do it right. Sounds good. It's my favorite part. Uh, and I always, it's a challenge uh, to make accounting fun. I love that challenge. I'm always trying to make accounting fun. Um, so so I, there's a few things that we do for our clients that I think anybody could do themselves. And the first is, you know, getting on QuickBooks Online. Uh, that's what we use for all of our customers. There's a few other ones out there, but QuickBooks Online is by far the, the easiest to use and um, that we've come across. And everybody else is using it too, so it's easy to get resources for it. Um, getting a, a simple chart of accounts set up and I'm not going to like go through all the buckets here, but we have a way to like break it down in an informational decision based way to, to like give really fast information and just not like, it's just overwhelming when you look at your accounting statements. Um, if you don't have stuff in like subcategories and have them in the right buckets. Uh, and so um, having that framework, having a framework where you can like easily make decisions with it, um, so once that's in there and if, and if you need one, you hit me up and we'll go through that later and we can help, help people get that right framework to make decisions. And like, if you're a small business, especially if in your, if you're in the service industry, whether you're moving stuff for people, whether you're cleaning stuff for people, whether you're doing it for businesses, that framework is literally the same for all of our businesses. If we're sending people out to do work and they're, you know, and when we're getting paid for, for doing labor for somebody else, that, that framework is always the same. Um, 
and then just staying on top of it. And I think, and this is actually the hardest part. It's the easiest thing, but it's the hardest thing for us as entrepreneurs to do. Because again, like I said, we don't have time and staying on top of it requires time. Um, not a lot of time, but I, I know for certain that the number one thing people are going to uh, procrastinate on is their least favorite thing. And therefore, accounting and bookkeeping usually gets procrastinated on. Um, but if you have a process to go in and do it weekly, so like when we do books for people, we go into QuickBooks every single week, and we just go through and code the transactions, make sure they're going to the right spot in that framework that I talked about. Um, mm -hmm. And it's really simple to stay on top of it if you go in there every week. The downside is if you don't go in there every week and all of a sudden you're two weeks behind, three weeks behind or more, you know, like I don't remember what I had for lunch yesterday and I sure as hell don't remember what I bought from Home Depot three weeks ago um, for, for $147.28. And so the farther you get behind on it, the harder it is to catch up on it and make sense of anything. And now you don't have good data to make decisions with anyway. So we're pretty adamant about we want to be in there every single week. We want to get everything into the right spot. Yeah. And then we can start making decisions. And there's some decisions that you can make weekly about your labor and other decisions that you can make monthly as all your bills kind of land about how well you're managing the entirety of the business. But I think that's the big thing is just make sure you have a, a system. We use QuickBooks Online. Uh, make sure you have a framework that tells you how to make decisions. And lastly, is just make sure you're putting the data in there every week so that you have the data to make the decisions with. Right. Can you, um, you don't have to dive in super deep. I know it can be different for every single business, um, but can you uh, give us like an overview of what that framework could look like, even if it's just a couple of uh, like main accounts? Yeah, sure. So the, the first one that we're all going to have if we're in the service industry um, is the cost of the sale. We, we generally refer to it as cost of goods sold even though we're not really selling goods, we're selling services, but the cost of the sale, if you will, which is going to be our labor that's out at that job, the fuel to get us out there, the supplies and the equipment that we're using while we're out there, basically anything associated with doing that job out in the field, we're going to call cost of the sale. Um, the other, there's, there's four other buckets that I'll, I'll rip through really quick. Marketing is an obvious one. Anything that is generating a lead or like facilitating the generation of that lead. So whether it's your Google ad spend, the, the person that does your SEO for you, a charitable contribution, um, or, you know, your website, your developer, whatever, all of those things to, to get your brand out there and generate leads or facilitate the leads, we're going to call that marketing. And then admin, administrative would be the third bucket, is generally what you're using to try to convert that lead to a customer. So it's probably you. If you're taking any wages, uh, it's if you have an office manager, a virtual assistant, anything like that. Um, and then I'll say any other kind of like office work. So if you have a bookkeeper, that would go in there. Um, the, the last two buckets are overhead buckets. Um, and we'll just generally call it overhead. We split it up into two kind of sub buckets because of how decisions get made. Um, there's fixed overhead and there's variable overhead. Fixed overhead are the things where you make decisions once a year and then you live with it. Um, and so that would be things like rent, insurance, um, maybe interest expense on like you borrowed money, you made that decision, and now you have interest expenses that are coming from that. Variable are going to be the things where a situation comes up and you got to just decide if you're going to spend money on, or, on it or not. So recruiting, we would say, is variable if you're posting job ads. Um, 
That expense would be a variable one. Meals and entertainment, travel, employee engagement, uh, stuff like that where it's really reactionary. It's am I going to spend this money or not? Um, so we break it into those five buckets because every the decision and who's accountable to that decision kind of goes separately into each of those five buckets. So when can we know that our business is totally ble- uh, like bleeding out? So we have our system in place. We, we're looking at our books. Um, how do we know like what decision needs to be made once we have all those buckets and we can actually see like a real and simple idea of where our money's going? So it's a little bit different by industry as far as which percentages, like what percentage will help you be successful in each of those buckets. Um, I'll run through them real quick in terms of how we would look at it for an exterior cleaning company. So if you're cleaning windows, gutters, siding, um, doing stuff on the outside of the house, this generally applies. We would want the cost of the sale around 45%. We'd want marketing up to 15%. And that depends a little bit on how aggressive you are in growth mode. I've seen people as high as 20, and I've seen some people like 3 to 4%. Um, but it depends on how aggressive you are in growth mode. Administrative, you would want between 10 and 15%. And that one's super mm-hmm. dependent on how you pay yourself. If you're paying yourself with distributions, your admin should be super low because your wage is really coming via distribution that's not going to hit your, your P&L, um, your profit and loss statement. Uh, the variable and the fixed buckets should both be at 5% or lower. So 10% combined for overhead. Um, and like I said, every industry is going to be a little bit different in how that comes through. So like home cleaning for us, when we're on the inside of the house, our cost of sale is closer to 60%. Um, just because a home cleaner can't produce as much revenue in the house as a window cleaner can outside the house. Um, and so we have to adjust the rest of our percentages to still be profitable. Um, but I think in general, you can kind of break that down. The cost mm-hmm. of the sale portion of it is going to be more specific to the production rate of your employees. And then the rest of your business kind of fits around that. Um, but in, like I said, in general, it's, 45% cost of sale, mm-hmm. up to 15% for marketing, 10 to 15% for admin, and then 5% each for fixed and variable costs. I like that. I'll be right back with the rest of my interview with Dan in just a minute. Now, one of the things that we see here at One Click Agency are a ton of websites. Some of them look great and some of them not so much. Um, And what we found is that most small business owners are making the same five mistakes. So this is what we did. We wrote a free PDF downloadable guide for small business owners just like yourself called Five Mistakes People Are Making When They Build a Website. Now, the PDF guide will walk you through each mistake uh, we see most often on websites, and it includes visual tips on how you can fix them all on your own. Um, Now, these mistakes aren't huge overhauls uh, that you'll need to make to your website, but there are some key sections that you'll want to adjust on your site to help it stand out online and really just make you more money. We all want that, right? So visit oneclickagency.com forward slash five website mistakes to get the guide. Oneclickagency.com forward slash five website mistakes, and you can take your website to the next level and make more money. Oneclickagency.com forward slash five website mistakes. Um, so a question that a lot of business owners have, including myself, um, I've always kind of struggled with, man, how much should I be paying myself? 
And we have like a structure that we've put in place and we seem to have figured it out pretty well. Um, but I think a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs, that's the main question they have is how much money should I be paying myself? Um, so can you kind of give us a couple of different ideas? So one for a business that is, is really just starting, um, kind of touch on that area. And then one that's been established and they're doing well. Um, what would you say uh, they should be paying themselves? I know it's kind of a tough question, but where's the, the line for that? Um, first and foremost, the, the, the best answer is it depends because everybody's situation is so different. The general rule would be as little as possible. Um, the more you pay yourself, the worse the business will do. Now, you need to pay yourself enough to live on, and nobody likes that answer, but paying yourself doesn't generate a return. You don't generate a return. The business generates a return, and therefore, you should pay yourself as possible. The future, you will only by leaving in the business than by taking out of business. So in general, pay yourself as little as you can possibly get by on. Um, your ego is not going to like that. Your wife isn't going to like that. Your husband's not going to like that. Your kids aren't going to like that. That's the right answer. Um, knowing that we have people that we need to take care of and bills we need to pay, you have to pay yourself something. Um, a good way to look at it is what would you have to pay somebody to replace you? There, that's how much you should be paying yourself is if you had to go hire somebody to answer the phones all day, what do you need to pay them? That's how much you should pay yourself because that's the job that you're doing. If you're on the field, how much do you need to pay somebody to take them away from you so you can go answer the phones? That's what you should be paying yourself if you're out in the field. It's some combination of, of the two. It's really about your replacement cost. Um, as you grow a business, and let's say you're, you're pushing a million dollars and you have a manager for the people that are on the field and you have mm -hmm. a manager for the office and you're really just just managing managers you know, when, as you get above a million dollars, now maybe go look at like payscale.com or an online resource. And you can literally like type in what industry you're in and what job title you'd have. And they'll give you a range of what those salaries should look like and bonus structures and stuff like that. Um, at Blue Skies, what we've always done is said, we want our technicians, the people out in the field, are, they're our bread and butter. We always want to make sure they're, they're taken care of to the utmost. So we want them to be at the 75th percentile, which is, you know, if the average is 50th percentile, right, we want to be way up high. We want them to be very well paid for the position that they have. That's our goal. Um, same with our office staff. As we get to our leadership team, we want to pay them the 25th percentile. And not that we want our, we want to have a crappy leadership team, but we want our leadership team to have a low salary and high bonus that they reap the rewards of the business success, but they also are accountable to the business's results. And if the results aren't there, then the pay is, you know, reflecting that. Um, so that's how we break it down. But like I said, it depends so much on what part of the business you're in. And so the, the two general rules I would go back to is, A, you should pay yourself as little as possible to keep the money in the business so that future you is better off. Uh, two would be pay yourself the replacement cost of the job you're doing. That way, it's not a shock to your, to your business when you got to go hire somebody to do that thing. Mm-hmm. And I really like what you mentioned there about uh, even your your leadership. I was just like, oh, wow, you'd pay them less. But it's really you're paying them less for the job. But because of that, they can actually get a share or a profit of the business. And they're, they're skin, they have skin in the game too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they, for us, it's all, like I said, it's all about our employees and our customers. And so if you're on our leadership team, your number one priority has to be 
all of your teammates and all of the people that are reporting up to you. And so you better be willing to sacrifice for them uh, or you're just not going to be a good fit in our company where we only exist for our employees and our customers. And so if somebody's on our leadership team, they, they sure as hell better embrace that or they're not going to have those behaviors and those values. And so we ask them to take that cut. And if they're willing to take that cut, then we know they're the right person and they're, they're in the right seat on the bus. And we want them to have upside, but that upside doesn't come unless the results are there. Yeah. So we just, uh, and, and myself included. So. No, I love that. Um, I want to kind of close out by asking, um, what is a good way for business owners to save and to buy for equipment? Or is it best to put it on like credit? What would you recommend is the best way to go about that? I know a lot of the listeners, I mean, we have a number of uh, printing industries where their printers cost like upwards of tens of thousands of dollars. I mean, that's a huge chunk. So what would you say to like business owners that they have big expenses like equipment and they still need to buy them? Um, how would you address that? We have a couple um, different rules about how to buy equipment so that you don't get way upside down on it. Um, the first is don't buy equipment until you have the job that pays for it. So if you know you're going to need this pressure washer or this printer or that thing, um, tie it to a big job that's going to go pay for it and go sell that job first and get it in writing that you sold that job. And then go buy it with the cash flow from that job so that it's already starting to pay for itself. Don't just go buy it because you think you're going to need it. Like there's no cash flow coming in to support that purchase. So I think that's the biggest thing is make sure that there's already a job that you've sold that justifies that purchase. Um, you know, don't go buy a vehicle until all of your other vehicles are full and they're running as much as they could possibly be running. And one just went down. And you need another one in the field tomorrow because you've got all the work already on the schedule. Like, okay, go get that other vehicle. Um, but otherwise, don't go get it until it's our until the workload is already booked for it. Um, secondly, would be when you buy it, buy mm -hmm. it with 30% down. You shouldn't go buy it with 100% financing. Not that there's not some good deals out there, but that gives like immediately you're underwater. The minute you buy that thing with a hundred percent financing, you're underwater. Yeah. <laughs> and if coronavirus happens and you're in trouble, like now you're really in trouble. Yeah. So a good risk aversion uh, like tactic that we use is always try to hit that 30% down. That gives you enough cushion that you're not underwater and having to like buy out of a terrible deal that you made on a piece of equipment. Um, so I think that's really important. Don't go buy it unless you can put 30% down. Um, and, and hold out as long mm -hmm. as you can until you have that cash to do it. And, and it's just the responsible thing to do. But I would also say, don't, don't buy it with all cash. Finance some of it because you need cash in your business to make your payroll, to do the things you got to do to run your business. So put some money down, but don't, don't, if, if you can go borrow money at 5% for the rest of it, go borrow money at 5%. I mean, today you can probably get it for less than that, but go borrow that money because if you, if, if you had $20,000 left over, let's say you bought a $30,000 vehicle and you put $10,000 down and you finance $20,000, if you had paid that full $30,000 down, um, that's now money you're not going to go earn a return with. If you kept 20000 of that and you put it into marketing and you make 15% every time you do a job after all expenses are paid, that's a way better return than the 5% interest that you borrowed that 20000 at. So, you know, pay some down so you don't get in a hole and you're fiscally responsible, but 
you know, keep some cash in the kitty so that you can go make, go make a return and be profitable. That's awesome, man. I love it. Well, Dan, thank you so much for uh, joining me on the podcast to talk about books, uh, organization and money. I mean, I am like a numbers nerd. I absolutely love this stuff. And I know a lot of the people listening probably aren't in the same boat, but they know they have to listen to it and get their books under under wraps and, you know, get a grip on what they're doing. I think that was awesome what you talked about. Can you just share where we can find out more about you and your business? Yeah. Check us out at yourblueskies.com. That's our admin business website. So you'll see a little bit on there about the recruiting, bookkeeping, and marketing that we do. We're also getting really active on Facebook and just putting a bunch of content out there. So if you go to Bookkeeping Beer and BS, and yeah, I'm from Wisconsin, so my my, my bookkeeping page is Bookkeeping Beer and BS. Um, go to that group on Facebook and join that and check us out there. We go live every Wednesday and we don't really talk a ton about bookkeeping. It's more business, but business is numbers and that all comes from your books. So we tie it together and have a lot of fun while we do it. Um, and then the other page you can check out is Blue Collar Recruiting. Sean Day, who's our recruiting director, posts a bunch of really good content out there. Um, and especially right now, it kind of seems counterintuitive, but um, as the economy is like slowing down from all this coronavirus stuff, uh, there are a ton of applicants out there. And even if you don't have a job for them right now, we're seeing like the best applications come in and people are eager to interview and be like looking ahead at what they're going to do when this all kind of un comes undone for us. Um, and so we're all playing defense right now, but don't forget to play a little bit of offense and go interview a bunch of really good candidates right now. Cause there's tons of them out there. It's like, it's just a gold mine waiting to be uh pounced on. So go build some relationships Absolutely. and uh, build an awesome team for get out of this thing. All right, Dan. Well, thank you so much. And I wish you the best with your business, man. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for having me on. If you enjoyed my talk with Dan, I would love it if you left a review about the podcast. Maybe it's something applicable that you're going to put uh, into place in your business that you learned from this podcast, or maybe you just thought Dan was a really cool guy. Either way, leave that review. It really helps get the word out about the show. Now, if you want to be among the first to know when a new episode comes out, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and you'll get any new episodes automatically downloaded to your device. Easy as that. Thanks as always for listening to the Small Business Made Simple podcast, where we believe in providing you with the tools you need to stand out to your customers, beat your competition, and grow your business.